0: regular basis I am approached by people who are godly people who have been born again and walking with the Lord for a long time in many cases, and they feel like they are outside of God's will. They feel like somehow they have done something in their life, some sin or sins that have in their mind as they go through this trial, they think that somehow this has caused God to reject them in a finality sense. But the Bible speaks of walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And we also read in the book of Isaiah. Chapter 50, verse 10, Isaiah 50, verse 10, reads this way, Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, and walketh in darkness? Notice, first of all, he's speaking to those who actually fear the Lord and obey him, and yet find themselves in a time of walking in darkness, feeling like you have no direction, like God is not speaking to you, that he's not answering your prayers. And it says, and hath no light. It's like you're in a dark room and there's no light. Let him trust in the name of the Lord. And notice, stay upon his God to remain in the Lord, to stay upon the Lord your God and to cling to him, to be not weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Notice 1 Peter chapter 1, we're called to verse 4, an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. Your home is in heaven, beloved. You're just passing through here on the earth. Verse 5, 1 Peter 1, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through Manifold or various temptations that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found in the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though now ye see him not yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, of which salvation the prophets have inquired. And searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you, by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost. Sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Wherefore, verse 13 first Peter one. Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end, for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the appearing of the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which is, hath called you is holy, so be ye holy and in all manner of conversation, because It is written, Be holy, for I am holy. And then it goes on to speak of how, verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. That's how you were redeemed, he speaks of. Verse 22, seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart, fervently being born again, not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible by the word of god which liveth and abideth forever for all flesh is as grass verse 24 and all the glory of man is the flower of grass the grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away but the word of the lord endureth forever and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you now much of that grass if you will of humanity has come and faded yet we as this scripture scripture, Scripture says it withered, it went away. It had those men and those women that served God from the beginning and all the way through time and history are now in eternity with him. And at this juncture, I want to call into focus just a few of those people and see our lives, your life through the lens of history, through the lens of Holy Scripture that was canonized. God chose it specifically to be in His Word, encased so that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. That's what the New Testament tells us in Romans chapter 15, verse 4, that we've been given the Word of God. We've been given specifically the Old Testament, the history, historical accounts that God ordained to be in His Word in the Bibles for our own patience and comfort, which we gain through the Scriptures. You see, many who contact me, and this seems like one of the most prevalent things I hear and I understand that for sure because I definitely have been through these seasons where it seems like, where is God? What did I do? What is it that I did? What sin did I commit that somehow has caused me to be cut off from the Lord? I'm not hearing from Him. I don't feel Him. I feel like I'm groping in the darkness, etc. So I understand that sin season, those seasons, and perhaps we all have to walk through them. Now concerning whether or not if you're going through this type of season that you might be cut off from God because you committed a sin or did it so many times, that this is in no way to cover for sin because there is no excuse for sin. And as we just read in 1 Peter 1, we are to be holy as he is holy. And yet there's no doubt that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God and that even after we've been saved, we've sinned. Does that does that preempt does that negate the fact that God promised that his people could receive forgiveness by freshly repenting returning to him and confessing that sin not at all in fact forgiveness of sin is only for those who are in Christ those who are redeemed Colossians 1 14 in whom we have redemption notice redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins. so we have the forgiveness of sins through Christ who has redeemed us so forgiveness of sins is the blessing of the. salvation of Christ only for those that are in Christ. So not only has God not stopped forgiving you and being available to forgive you, he tells us that forgiveness is only for those who are in Christ and therefore can come to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, while we're not justifying any sin, the Bible says, let us cleanse ourselves from all sin and from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. And perfecting holiness in the fear of God, Second Corinthians 7, 1. Yet the Bible says in Ecclesiastes seven twenty, For there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. So do you think that there was ever a man or woman of God that walked the earth other than Jesus, who is the Son of God, who didn't need to be forgiven somewhere along the line in their Christian or their walk with the Lord? Of course, that would be the case, that they had to seek God for forgiveness. Let's Let's take, for example, a man named Abraham, the very first Jew whose shoulders and out of whose loins came the nation of Israel. Do you recall in Genesis how Abraham hearkened to his wife, coincided with her to commit a sin, the sin of using, first of all, it was rooted in unbelief. They were walking through this very season, apparently, that we're talking about here, where God had given them a promise, and yet it wasn't coming to pass. And so Abraham's wife, Sarah, has this bright, quote unquote idea, I'm being facetious, to take the handmaid and let Abraham have a child, the child of promise through Hagar, the handmaid. Well, that was a sin. That was one of the sins we have that comes to mind of Abraham, but it wasn't the only one on record. So what happened to Abraham? He and Sarah, you know, entered into this wickedness of trying to help God out instead of waiting on the Lord I don't know about you but I've done this myself in fact among Christians we use the terminology an Ishmael what is an Ishmael well it's something in your life that you did to try to help God out or some sin you committed that brought about lasting consequence some of which you will never escape until you go to heaven that's the reality of things notice Abraham and Sarah were instrumental in creating Ishmael and out of which caused so much strife in the world, beginning with the strife it caused in Abraham and Sarah's household. So much so, the child Ishmael had to be sent away and God even blessed them, but it caused great problems. It's still causing problems in the earth. And some of us have done things, we've all probably have things that have brought about consequences into our lives, but that doesn't mean that God forsakes you or that he gets rid of you, or that you're no longer his child. Not at all. In fact, did God disown Abraham because Abraham committed this gross sin and other sins? No, he didn't. I'm saying this in part because you got this self-righteous mob that goes around the internet. Some of these Mike Desario... Charles Finney disciples, and they act like there's no grace, there's no love, there's no mercy, there's no forgiveness in their theology. And as they talk, they talk as if you're the only one and everybody else is the only ones that need to repent, everybody except them. And I've also had people come to me that had been evilly affected by these ravenous animals that run around preaching this merciless false gospel, which does not bear out through Scripture, through historical scripture as we're talking about now and going through a couple of accounts in scripture that prove otherwise. Nor does this merciless false gospel stand the test of direct scripture that tells you that as a child of God, when you are saved and when you've confessed your sins, they were removed from you as far as the east is from the west. Psalm 103, verse 10 through 12. He has blotted out all your transgressions as a thick cloud. They're remitted gone. Not even covered, but removed. That's what remission of sins is, beloved, through the blood of Jesus. And I got good news for you. He told you and I, as we have been forgiven, to go preach repentance and remission of sins. There's the precedence for this message right here. That's the Great Commission. Luke chapter 24, verse 47. Not only to preach repentance, but preach that through the blood of Christ and the mercy of God. God poured out upon that cross, that you now have the remission of sins. And that's what Abraham enjoyed. This was 400 years before the law. Abraham lived by faith. And though he sinned grossly, God did not disown him. But he's heralded all the way through the Bible as a patriarch of God, to be eternally in the presence of God and in the trophy case of God. Hebrews 11, he's in the hall of faith as we call it in fact the word Abraham appears how many times do you think the word Abraham appears in the New Testament it appears 70 times in the New Testament 70 times I am sure that no other name of the patriarchs of God appears more than Abraham's name I would doubt that any appear even close to 70 times notice what Hebrews eleven seventeen says now notice, why is God still heralding Abraham when Abraham sinned? Because God is a God of mercy. And if he wasn't, he would have just done away with the human race in the beginning when they rebelled. But right after man rebelled in the same chapter, Genesis 3, God foretold of the Messiah coming in verse 15 to defeat the enemy and to procure unto himself a people. The first messianic prophecy is found right there after the Gaurav. Garden of Eden incident where man sinned against God. And what about the days of Noah? The days of Noah where man was continually, or the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, we read in Genesis 6 5 and 12. Yet God saved mankind, his creation, the only part of it created in his image, by Noah and his wife and his three sons and their wives. Eight people got on that ark upon whom God shut the door and saved his human race. Otherwise, you and I wouldn't be here today because out of Noah and his lovely wife and their sons was the whole earth overspread and replenished. That, my friends, is the mercy of God. Another patriarch in the Old Testament who sinned and at one point, I believe Moses as well as Elijah said, Lord, just kill me. That's right, he did. And some of you have felt like that. Some of all of us will probably go through a season like this, but God is not forsaking you. He might be calling you to a time of repentance and fasting and prayer and seeking his face and purging and chastening, but the Bible says God only chastens his own children. So if you're going through this type of period, that only proves that you are his child, not that you're not his child. Now, notice Moses was chosen by God to call or to lead his people, I believe it was estimated to be about a million and a half Israelites out of the land of Egypt. And yet before that, Moses Jesus killed a man with his own bare hands in a certain dispute that was going on with another one of the children of Israel. He killed an Egyptian. In fact, he had to escape for his life until things passed over. We read in the book of Exodus, and yet notice God, after he killed a man, obviously he repented and received forgiveness, and yet, then again, he did what he did, and he thought to protect one of the other Israelites, if I remember correctly, and yet God led. Moses and the children of Israel under the leadership of Moses out of the land of Egypt. So some of you wondered, can God still use me? Of course he can. Of course he can. We have just a plethora of examples from the Old Testament and the New. Peter denied Christ three times, but he found mercy in God as you can find. And again, a lot of people that have this idea that God has lifted his hand from them, they're no longer his. Well, he might've lifted his hand from you like he did with Job and Paul and is allowing Satan to strip you, but that doesn't mean you're not a child of God. Did Job cease being a child of God? No. Did Peter when he sinned? No. Did Paul when he sinned? no? Now, there are people who have ceased being children of God, but that's because they walked away from God. They didn't seek God. They didn't ask for forgiveness. You have those illustrations throughout Scripture. You got twos throughout Scripture, like as in Jacob and Esau. Jacob was a child of God we have on record sins he's committed but he was a man who was honest before God and chose to let God deal with his sin and stay with the Lord the opposite is true for Esau his brother who was unrepentant he wasn't honest and didn't sincerely seek God what about David and Saul what was the difference same thing one of them had a horn after God one chose not to and then what about Peter and Judas both of them were a part of the twelve original original apostles of Christ. But yet one, Peter, chose to repent, to be contrite in heart, sincere, and go to God to be forgiven and remained with the Lord. In fact, he's the one that said, where are we going to go? Away from you, because you have the word of eternal life. Peter had a heart after God. He chose to. Judas didn't and was unrepentant and wound up committing suicide and going to hell. Acts chapter 1, verse 25. What kind of heart are you going to choose to have, friend? What kind of heart? Are you going to be a man who is like David, who had a heart after God? David knew how to repent. David sinned. And we'll finish with this as an example. There are many others. I hope this just is the beginning of you unearthing these beautiful truths from Scripture. Again, there is not a man, a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Notice, not even among the just are we sinless. There is not a just man. Upon her that doeth good and of not. In other words, at some point there's a trip up a stumble, but God is there to forgive. While I don't believe we can make excuse for any sin, we also have to look at and synthesize the whole of Scripture. When somebody sins, and that's going to happen, it's unfortunate and it brings dismal results, Ishmael's, into the lives of those who sin. Even though you're a child of God, you're forgiven for your sin when you repent, you return to the Lord and. Confess it, you still have to reap what you sowed. Abraham had to reap the horrific consequences, and so has the whole world ever since, of his Ishmael, his sin that he committed. Our sin affects ourselves for the rest of our lives and others. We must reap what we have sown. That will never change. So Abraham's an example for that. Moses had to reap what he had sinned. God said after he smote the rock in a way that God did not instruct. Him to God did not allow Moses to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. He used him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, but not into the Promised Land. Joshua picked up where Moses left off. So his sin had consequences, although he was forgiven, and he's now in glory with Christ. And David, a man after God's own heart, the greatest king Israel ever had, beloved of the Lord. You can feel it when you read the Bible, how much God loved David and how precious David was, who danced and sang before the Lord with reckless abandon for his worship of God, being mocked of one of his wives, Michal, who was then shut up from having children. Her life became unfruitful. God prevented her from bearing children. See, the sin that she had committed, apparently she didn't repent of it, and therefore she reaped from it, although that would have happened even if she did repent of it, perhaps. Perhaps not in that case, but David, a man after God's own heart, very successful in destroying the enemies of God with the favor of God in his life, then enters into sin with Bathsheba, the lust of his own heart. Not crucified, he sees a woman bathing. He should have been at war. He should have been. We've got to take personal responsibility, saints, for the sins we've committed. David should have been at war. Second Samuel eleven, but yet he hung back. He was not obeying God by doing what God called him to do, and therefore it left him vulnerable. Sometimes people want to make excuse for their sin because they just somehow fell into it. Well, you only fell into it like David because you weren't obeying God. Your time, your energy, your money, everything in your life was not in obey You weren't obeying God as you knew to do. You deliberately did not continue to do that, and then you were vulnerable only because of your, the first sin you committed of omitting to seek and obey the Lord, just like David. There he is hanging out on the balcony, I guess, of his, I would imagine, elaborate, palatial home. And so he was, you know, it really is true that, you know, an idle mind is putty in the hands of Satan. We see that in Scripture. Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. But yet it says there in verse 13 of James 1, Let no man say when he is tempted that he is tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. The vacuum, like David's vacuum, if you will, that left him vulnerable was his disobedience. You see, we are to be warring like David, to be fighting the good fight of faith, to be putting on the whole armor of God, to be full of the work of the Lord. Ephesians 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 and 58. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And in verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I want to encourage you to memorize these two verses. It's the last two verses of First Corinthians 15. And notice we have the victory in Christ. Yet what's implied here is that we must be steadfast and always abounding in the work of the Lord. And that's part of the way the victory comes. Otherwise, there will be defeat. And perhaps somebody is being spoken to by the Lord here to be busy about your father's business, to occupy till he comes, to lay your hand to the plow and don't look back. David is another example of a man of God who sinned grossly, was forgiven, but reaped horrific, horrific dividends from his sin because the wages of sin is still death. As was foretold in his day, he would reap specific things, sins that his sons committed, etc. There was war and unrest in David's lineage because he sinned. There was defeat on many fronts, including his own children, Absalom. One of his sons raped one of his daughters and that was even foretold because of David's sin. Absalom conspired and launched an insurrection to overthrow David's kingship and to take over the kingship of Israel, etc., etc. So David was forgiven. Psalm 51 is a psalm of repentance, which I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that that psalm of specific repentance of David is in the Bible. I don't know about you, but I've gone to that psalm on many occasions and been thoroughly, thoroughly blessed to feel and sense the cleansing of God and the hope of God. Scripture always breathes hope into us and comfort. Some of us, as we close here, are groping in the darkness, toiling in our minds. Wondering where do we go? What do we do? Do we sit here? Do we take a step forward? Do we go left or right? Or what? You know, all of these things that your mind anguishes about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Somebody knows exactly what I've been there to where I'm up all hours of the night anguishing about things. The answer is always this, beloved, drink the healing oil of God's word. Read the scriptures and hope and comfort will be breathed into you as you pour prayerfully over the word of God. Again, Romans 15, 4, whatsoever things were written aforetime, the Old Testament scriptures especially, were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Notice patience, comfort, and hope hope come from reading God's Word. The Lord bless you richly and keep you, beloved saints. And may God bless you to endure to the end, to follow Jesus to the end of your life. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month. And your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon, and you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so, and a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among His people and through His beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say, together in the words of Revelation 22. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.